ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. We're so glad that you've taken some time out of your day to join us, and we hope when you leave, you leave inspired and in thought with what this word means in your life. My name is Stacy Johnson, honored to be here with you, and equally as honored to sit alongside my co-host, Kathy Holland. Kathy, how are you today? I am doing great. It is a beautiful day today, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. How are you? I am well. I am well. So, guys, let's take this from a different perspective. You and I are both coaches and trainers and speakers by trade. So when we talk about these words with people from around the world, how does that help you in your, your coaching and your, your conversation with the people that you work with? I think that these conversations do the same thing for me in every situation, right? They make me... We all know that everybody's different, right? Nobody's the same. But until you try to communicate with people, you don't realize just how different people are. Amen. I appreciate that. You know, I think that too. I think when I'm working with someone and they have a thought or a word or something that's on their mind, I want to make sure this helps me make sure that we're on the same page, that we're seeing the word the same way. And it's opened up my ability to go, how do you see this word? How does this, what does this mean to you? And it's really helped my communication with my clients as well. I love it. I think communication is one of the things in our world that's struggled lately. So I love doing this. So let's kick the show off today. We have a returning guest with us today. His name is Daniel Barber. He was kind enough to join us. So let's bring him in. Daniel, how are you today? I'm doing really well. And I'm, I'm uh, really excited for this conversation. I'm really grateful that you invited me to do this. Thanks. You're very welcome. So what intrigued you about coming back to do this one-word conversation? Well, I, I, I resonate with what you all just said about helping, um, you know, find ways to uh, communicate with, with other people and people who are different and, and, and getting better at, um, you know, improving ourselves and, and how, how we can, you know, like it all starts with me somehow. So how can I get better about communicating um, so that I can be more appreciative of the differences in people? And, um, uh, and I love, this, uh, I love this format that you've created to, um, cre- to generate um, interesting conversation. So, yeah. That was kind of what, that was what drew me to it. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad you decided to join us. Well, today we're going to talk about the word ownership. So when you hear the word ownership, what's your first thought? Wow. Ownership. Um, that's a really, um, that was, um, that's a really good question. Um, the first thought is about like it's mine, <laughs> you know, like the sense of something is mine. And uh, and the second thought that I get is that um, what is really mine? You know, like I've, I'm sitting here looking at a couple of djembes in my room here. I've got this computer and this cat is like, is it really mine? And so, you know, those are the first two things that popped into my mind when, when you said ownership. It's like this sense of something is mine. And then the second thought was, well, is it really? <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. I like the question in it. Great. Cassie, how about you? When you hear ownership, what do you think about? Um, responsibility. All right. Okay. You're taking ownership for your actions and your decisions and 
owning up to, you know, whether it's good or bad, right? You have to take responsibility for your actions. So owning up to that is very important. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I like that. I think for me, my challenge, my challenge in all this usually is to turn these words inside. It's, it's easy to, to, to own, ride to ownership and own my car and the things that I own. So my challenge is always to turn them inside. So when I turn it inside to ownership, it's almost where you are, Cassie, but it's, it's um, what's mine, right? One of the things we've heard and I teach my clients is that you only have to own what's yours. You don't have to own anybody else's truth. You don't have to own anybody else's conflict. You just have to own what's yours. So ownership to me would be inside as what's mine. What is mine to own, right? Is it, is it my behavior? Is, is it my perception? Is it, is it who I am, right? Is it my, my things that I own that turns it personal inside for me? Jenna, where does that go for you? Yeah, I, I completely resonate, um, and, and, I, and I resonate with what Kathy said about responsibility, and I resonate with what you're saying about, um, uh, you know, taking it inside. Um, and and I, I think the thing that seems to be most true for me about what is it that's mine to own is my experience. It's like, it's like my experience is X. You know, I'm having this experience of talking with you all, I'm sitting in this space um, with the things that are around me, but that's like my experience is, is my, is mine. Like there's nobody else that has my perceptions and my, um, um, my take on things. And so that feels like the thing to really take responsibility for. And what, what I decide to do with, with that, you know, is absolutely my responsibility. That feels like a much more, um, grounded and, and, and defensible approach to, to what is mine, for sure. Well, I like that. Cassie, what does that take you? You know, I, I... People... I was just having a conversation the other day about how easy it is for you to carry stuff that's not yours, whether it's intentional or unintentional, right? And depending on how you take that, right? By the end of the day, it's exhausting carrying other people's emotions and baggage and, right? So owning your boundaries, I think, is super important because that's also very personal and something that nobody can take from you, right? Your boundaries, your your requirements for your personal space. So, I like that. owning the fact I like that it. you have boundaries. Owning the fact that you can have boundaries? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think boundaries are so important. I think they're so important. So, let, let's take it into a different realm. When you work with clients, Okay. Through my experience in the behavioral health field and then in, in my experience as a trainer, there are some times that you can get a client that would like for you to help own their success or their failure. So when you're working with a client and you're talking about the next thing for them or where they're headed, how do you separate yourself and be clear to them that you have no ownership in their outcome that's theirs? Daniel? 
Um, well, that's interesting. The, the, um, the approach that I take in my work, my work is based in um, helping people to connect with their uh, creativity and to, and to own their experience and, their, and their, um, what they would like to express on the piano. And so it's a moment-to-moment kind of thing. And so I, I usually bring it back to the moment and, um, and, and uh, invite people to take whatever it is that they're thinking or experiencing or wanting and go, okay, well, what would that sound like on the piano? You know, what would it sound like to uh, want somebody else to be with you in something? You know, what, does that, what might that sound like? How might you tell that story on a piano? And it's a little bit of a crazy question because it's like, what do you mean tell that story on a piano? That doesn't make any sense. But then when we start to do it and start to just dive in as if there was some way to communicate something like that, you know, through music, then interesting things can start to happen and, and people can start to have a different sense of their own ownership or of their creativity and their own ownership of their own um, personal, um, you know, beliefs and experiences and ways to express those things. So that's kind of how I approach it in my, in my work. I love it. I love what you do with music and how you teach people to express their emotion or their thoughts through song, through music on the piano. I think that's so, you're the only one I've ever talked to that does that. I think think that's the coolest path and the coolest method to that. I think I'm so impressed with that. I think you'll love that. Oh, cool. Thanks. I I love the music. Cassie, how about you? When you're working with clients, let's take yours in a different room. Let's talk about children. When you're raising your three kids, how do you, teach ownership to them? Well, it depends on the kid. And I can say this because I have three kids. And my oldest child, at some point in his life, I told him, I'm not I'm not saying that you should lie to your children. I said that his eyes turn blue when he lies. This kid is absolutely incapable of telling a lie. It's so funny. It wasn't in a I don't know where it came from. I have no idea. But he'll tell me, oh, well, are my eyes blue? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's super funny. But I have, I have a daughter that is on the spectrum, and she, she is, has no filter, and she will tell you exactly what she thinks, and she is the most honest person I've ever met in my life. And I have my youngest. She is the kid that has markers behind her back that's sneaking out of the room and looks at me and says, nothing to see here. Hmm. So... It really just depends, right? Depends on the kid, depends on the angle, because depending on how I approach it, right, I could be mean and spiritual, super, you know, defensive about her being sneaky, but she's a baby, right? She And she's funny about it. And when she does something, she'll be like, oh, I didn't just go in the bedroom and pour all my stuff out. So making them admit what happened, right, admit what's going on and be like, all right, come on, I know that's not what happened. You should be like, oh, fine. And just calling them on it, right? I think calling kids on their 
BS, for lack of better terms, is the best way to create an honest environment, right? Because I tell my kids all the time, you're going to get in way more trouble if you lie. Oh. I don't care what happens. Like, tell me. Just tell me the truth, whatever it is. My parents told me the same thing. But I think that's a lot of things. I, I like that you tag ownership to truth. Like mm-hmm. owning, owning the truth. Yeah, I like that. What a great way to do it, that they're owning the truth. And that is so important, I think, to teach kids to mm-hmm. own what's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that approach. You know, I think when I work with, when I work with people and we're talking about things like this, like what we're learning and where we're headed, I, I'll have conversations with them and say, you know, this conversation is between you and I. We own all this conversation and this is what's going on. But the result of this is you, not me. Because I can talk all day long and I can lay out my side of the table, but you're the one that has to take the action. And so teaching people from the very beginning that their action, that's what they have to own. You have to own the behavior, but you also have to own the consequences of that behavior. Either way, good or bad. Right? We are absolutely free to make our own decisions, but we are not free from the consequences of those decisions. Okay? So when I worked in the behavioral health field, there was a lot of times that we would go forward with a task or a skill, and if they didn't succeed, it turned around, and they're like, well, you didn't help me. Well, you didn't do that. No, this is not my step. This is your step. You have to own the outcome, not me. And so I think teaching people where ownership lies. Where does ownership come into this? Because we can share this part, but there's part of it you have to own. And so I think with you, Cassie, again, going back to boundaries, I think that's where they come in is those boundaries of what do you own, what do we own together helps separate that. And then I think it gives them a clearer picture of what they have to own along the way, right, the choices that they've made or the conversations that they had or the emotions they left behind, right? And I think that's what we have to own is what we leave behind. And so when you're, when you're, I'm working with people, that's what I'm telling them. What are you leaving behind? Because that's what you own. You own what's left. You own, a, you own a, in the end of this product. And so it, it, um, I think it really helps people recognize what they want to own and what they want to lay down and let someone else be responsible for. Daniel, how about you? Where does that take you? I love that. It's, um, it sort of takes me to the, uh, the question about um, the relationship to the past um, and, um, and, and acknowledging that, um, that things that happen to me now uh, may be some, um, you know, may be connected to something that I have done before that has helped to create the situation that I'm experiencing now. And, and, uh, and also sort of um, it takes me to a place of like, well, then how can I, how can I uh, uh, own uh, responsibly the things that I have done uh, in the past without it weighing me down so much that I can't um, move forward, um, you know, in, in a different kind of way. And maybe it, maybe it is, maybe it's all tied up together. It's like part of what I can do going forward is to, is to be a different kind of person than I've been before so that I can, um, you know, experience more joy or experience more freedom or, um, you know, be a more compassionate and empathetic person or, you know, bring more justice or have a different relationship with the natural environment and, you know, all these things. So it sort of takes me to a eventually inspired place. At first it kind of feels like, oh, shit, look what I've wrought. <laughs> and then, and then, but if I can, if I can come back around and go, yeah, but look what I could do going forward. If I, if I own my, 
um, potential now. I like that. I like that. Owning your potential now, then that takes you to the next place. I love that. I think it's so mm-hmm. important. You don't have a friend right now. We we play a game. Some friends, some a lot of friends of mine, and I guess it's kind of going around. It's not just us anymore. But we always choose a word for the year. And I have a friend that chose ownership this year for her word. So it's been fun talking to her over the last couple of months as she figures out what she owns. You know, and she said, I, I, I've noticed that I have a tendency to, like, if we go out and, and I have one more drink than I should have, I have a tendency to blame that on my spouse. You know, he made me take that last drink. And she said, I really begin to notice in my life where I put my behavior off on someone else. Oh, well, they made mm-hmm. me or they entitled me or they taught me into it. And she said, my challenge has really been owning my own behavior. Because I've realized as a 60-year-old woman how many times I let someone else be responsible for my own behavior. So mm. it proved you're never too old to learn a new thing, right? She's 60 and she's catching on to, wow, I've been doing this for so long. It's a beautiful thing to see. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful thing to watch it unfold. Um, I love that. I'm having a great time with this conversation. Okay, let me ask you one more question and then we're going to go. Do you think – that's that's the wrong way to say it. Where do you think – the line draws and getting the people that you work with to move forward. How important is, do you think that they learn to own who they are right now before they can make that change to improve that? Dana? Well, I love, I love that question because um, that's one of the things that is so obvious about, about all these questions when you're sitting at a piano and improvising is because the feedback is instantaneous. Um, And so, uh, and it's obvious that you're the one that's playing it, and so you kind of have to own it, right? Because it's you doing it, and um, and so that's one of the things that I think is really fascinating about this this process of of using piano as improvisation as a uh, metaphor for you know some of these life lessons that you that you um, have conversations about is that if you're sitting at a piano, you know the thing that comes back and the things that you're going to hear is going to be what it's going to come from what you do. And so, you know, it's obvious. Well, then, what is it that I want to do that would that would sound good? That would that would be something that I would want to hear and that I'd want to share with other people. And it's all your choice, you know, moment to moment. And uh, and um, so, yeah, you can. We can choose to play musically. We can choose to live musically. Um, we can choose to have musical conversations with people, like this one has been. Um, and, um, you know, we can choose to be harmonious and graceful and, and melodious and, um, and in rhythm and in the flow. And it's always a choice, moment to moment. I love it. Cassie, how about you? She's found the mute button. <laughs> all right. She's found it. There's no telling. She's got all kinds of kids and dogs. Cassie, with us? Yep, sorry. It's all right. How about you on, on ownership of the last part, on owning who you are before you can improve that? I, okay, so in recovery, right, um, people get barely overwhelmed with the whole 12-step thing, right, because a lot of that is, going back to the past, right? Going back, going back, going back, going back, going back. And I think, and personally, right, and I say this every time, I'm not knocking AA, I'm not knocking the 12-step program, it's been working for years, but 
if people would just step back and take a moment and realize that they have to own the issue, right? They have to own it. Then they have to fix the issue, and then they have to live the fixed life, right? They have to live the life they want. The only way to do that is to admit and get comfortable with where you are and who you are right then in that moment. That's it. You have to be absolutely 100% transparent and raw with yourself, and that's the only way to get through that. Mm. So it's, it's the difference between recovery and relapse for a lot of people. Mm. That makes ownership a pretty big word right there, doesn't it? It is. It's a big word. Mm-hmm. I love it. What a great perspective. You know, so many times we don't think about we don't think about other realms of recovery. You know, re- recovery everybody recovers all the time from something, right? We recover from life. But when you're talking about recovery in that aspect, I think you're so right. You have to own who you are and that the problem is yours before you can move forward with it. I love that. I love that. Guys, I've had a great time having this conversation, and I feel like we could talk ownership all day long. But with respect to Daniel, to you as our guest, and with respect to our audience, we're going to have to find a place to wind down. So I'd like to start by saying thank you, Daniel, for coming back and joining us today, for being willing and open to this candid conversation, and for your perspective on ownership and for the things that you own. I appreciate the hero that you stand to probably more people than you recognize in a day. Um, so I thank you again for your time and for your wisdom and your transparency and for joining us today. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today with ownership? With a challenge, I mean, like I always do, and the most straightforward way I can think of to say this, and I apologize if anybody gets offended, is my challenge for our audience today is to own your shit, right? Whatever it is. Amen. I love Mm -hmm. it. I hope they take the challenges to heart. Daniel, your turn. We'd be honored. If you would take the stage and close our show, how would you like to leave our audience today with ownership? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate this, Stacy and Cassie. This has really just been beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I just in, invite everyone to own your beautiful selves. Um, own, own, the, the, own the blessing of getting to be alive and getting to experience this magic experience of, you know, being in this crazy mystical realm together and, and, and getting to learn and getting to learn to love and getting to learn to um, be um, – graceful living beings on this on this blessed planet um so and and this is such a great example of that is just being around a couple of um, beautiful people and getting to have some respectful and loving conversations so thank you so much mm-hmm.